Well, the Bowlers next podcast on the road on this Saturday morning, headed to Champaign for Purdue football versus Illinois. Uh, noon start, uh, 11 a.m. in Champaign. Uh, as we uh, get ready for uh, the Boilermakers and the Fighting Illini, see if Purdue can go 2-0, uh, which would be a big step for them. And in light of possibly not playing next week at Wisconsin, still no official word on that game. Uh, if you get to 2-0, and and if that game does get canceled, uh, you know, Purdue is in a pretty good position, you know, as we get through this abbreviated season. Um, and that's going to be, uh, you know, that's just going to be something to watch. But, you know, they need to win today to, to really get into that conversation. Uh, but before we talk football, just wanted to recap what happened yesterday. By the way, I just passed a sign that said, uh, pumpkin treats, ham and beans. Now, that that's not appealing. Not really at any time of the day, but not in the morning hours. And not mixed with pumpkin treats and ham and beans. I'm sorry. I, I don't know... Who would come up with a combination like that? And I would probably want to talk to the person and figure out where their motivation is with that. And I don't know if it's something separate or it's something that's mixed together, but it sounds just horrible. And I guess since it's Halloween, maybe it's fitting. But anyway, uh, in case you've been living in a non-internet cave the last uh, few hours, uh, Purdue basketball picked up one of its biggest uh, commitments in the Matt Painter era. Uh, When uh, Trey Kaufman from Silver Creek uh, committed yesterday to to join uh, the Boilermakers, Uh, he'll sign uh, his letter of intent along with uh, Caleb First. Uh, coming up on November 11th, or that's when the early signing period starts. But Purdue won an in-state battle with Indiana. They won a national battle with Virginia and North Carolina. Now, Indiana State was involved in that for personal reasons for Kaufman. But the, I, I think at, at the end of the day, that came down to uh, Purdue and Indiana. And it, when you have players in southern Indiana... Uh, usually, Indiana wins those. They just do. I mean, that's that's been something that's happened for a long time. Um, it's just hard to pull a kid out of Southern Indiana. And the other part of that too, it's difficult to pull a kid out of Southern Indiana and get him to Purdue. Uh, so that that's quite the coup for for Painter and his staff. Uh, it shows you that the due diligence that they, that they do uh, with these kids uh, and they, you know they don't get every highly ranked uh, top 50 player that they're in on uh, but this was an important one because uh, this solidifies at least uh, however long term it can be in basketball and understanding that you know the era that college basketball is in when you have players stay for a year um, and I'm not saying that, that Kaufman's staying for a year or 
Caleb First is going to stay for a year. They you know may stay two years. I mean, it, there, there's a plan in place. Uh, there always is with these these type of players. But what it does, it solidifies uh, a, a front court as, as you get to the the 2021. 22 season, and I know we got to get through the first, the, the next one first. And if Travion Williams comes back, I mean, you're looking at a front line rotation combination of Travion Williams, uh, Zach Eady, the 7'3 freshman on this year's team, uh, Caleb First, who could play the 4 5, and then Trey Kaufman, who could play the 3 4. But probably could slide into a little bit of five if if need be and you know outside of Williams and and, and, and Zach Eady really Caleb First and Trey Kaufman can the versatility of those two guys and the ability to play those two guys together um, is really a key component uh, to, to piecing together a really solid roster uh, that Painter has done, and just the flexibility that gives him uh, to mix and match, and to really go big, uh, but also uh, have the opportunity to, uh, to to go small with what you what the, what you have on the perimeter as well that will be coming back. And remember, everybody's getting a free year in college sports. They haven't. Uh, at least in the fall and the winter. So, you know, Purdue doesn't have any seniors on this year's team. So everybody's coming back. And then you're adding uh, Kaufman at first to this roster. Um, and it's just, you're not trying to, over, nobody's trying to overhype it. But this is going to be a really solid basketball roster that Purdue has for um, a decent amount of time, which might be two years. You know, you might get two years out of this roster, and that may be enough. And you know, it obviously puts Purdue in the conversation uh, for the Big Ten championship, which they're always in the conversation for that. Some years more than others, but it also puts them in the national conversation. I mean, when you you know, a lot, a lot depends what how this year's unfold, uh, who does what, how many games they actually play. But as you look ahead to the next season, 21-22, you know, Purdue, that, that's a, on paper, that's a top 10 team when you start the year. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, that's a top 10 team. You know, you start looking what what's in the backcourt, just with the freshmen they just signed with Jaden Ivey and Ethan Morton. I mean, you're looking to put Ethan Morton at a point guard position at 6'6". You got Jaden Ivey, one of, you know, extremely athletic, a guy that can create his own shot, uh, a wing player that is very, very difficult to guard. Uh, and then you're looking at Trey Kaufman. Then you're looking at Caleb First. And then Travion Williams. And, you know, the list goes on. Mason Gillis, uh, who I think will be a really good player at Purdue. And now what Painter has done, he, he has surrounded really good players. And Mason Gillis falls in that category. 
Brandon Newman falls in that category. Eric Hunter falls in that category. Sasha Stefanovic falls in that category. But these are really good players. But now he has surrounded them with potentially great players with Kaufman and first. And if Trayvon Williams can continue what he's doing, I think you know you you've got a really solid nucleus there. Now there are transfers every year. There will be transfers off this team. Uh, there are players on the current roster that are probably looking at Kaufman's commitment, wondering where they fit in. Uh, so you, you're going to lose some through attrition just because that's the way it works and now that they have a new a new transfer rule that will go into a place uh, and allow uh, players to, to leave uh, as long as they're in good academic standing and don't have any problems uh, without sitting out a year you get a one-time you'll get a one-time transfer that should go that should be voted on in January and then go into effect uh, following this academic year so you're gonna lose guys but I think anybody that you would lose, and based on who's coming in, I, I think there will be an upgrade uh, from the talent perspective. You know, and the Painter's had his, he's had his misses with these kind of players. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of, he takes the same approach with every player. And especially the high-level players where he's in on them early. He shows them how they fit in. I mean, they, they've physically show them how they fit into the program, what their plan is, what the development plan is, and the, they're very detailed in how they they approach that process. And I really think the way that Painter coaches, his staff coaches, the system that they run, uh, and even Kaufman said it, fits his skill set more than the other programs. And give the kid credit for recognizing that uh, and I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on him or, you know, people talking to him about going to IU and, you know, going to the state school type of thing. But, I mean, I, I think he saw where he had the best fit. And I, you know, and that, that's, I think that's going to be uh, Purdue. So, I think you know, I think the program is now set up and they, they've always kind of been set up for it. Uh, but, I mean, really, truly on paper, I think they're set up for some so some long-term sustained success, and you know, you know, and I think that that's going to happen. Assume everybody stays healthy, and uh, and the roster for the most part stays intact. Uh, and, and these will probably be the only two guys that'll be in this class. There was Painter has talked about oversigning, uh, and the Big Ten allows teams oversigned by one in basketball just with the idea that you're probably going to lose somebody. But you only oversign with the idea of bringing in, you know, a talented player. And they were prepared to do that with Harrison Ingram from Texas. You know, I think ideally their their class, you know, was Cable first, Trey Kaufman, and Harrison Ingram. And if they'd got Ingram... They would have still gone after Kaufman and oversigned by one. <coughs> Excuse me. So, you know, I think you only do it in extreme uh, circumstances. Uh, 
but anyway, that that's uh, it was a big get for uh, for for Painter and his staff, a big boost for the program. Uh, kind of injected some energy into uh, the basketball program yesterday. Uh, let's preview the football game. Uh, you know, obviously, Purdue coming off the 24-20 win uh, against Iowa. You know, a lot of good things happen. Uh, you know, still some lulls in the game. It's game one. Uh, you, you, you know, I, I probably should do a segment about you know overreacting and then. You know, okay, really, you know, what's what's reality? Uh, but you know, I, I think you still, even a week later, walk away from the the first game um, a little bit more confident in the defense, um, a little bit more confident in the offensive line, uh, a little bit more confident in the running game, uh, and then David Bell is gives any Purdue fan extreme confidence. Um, you won't see Rondell Moore today, uh, not on the field, not playing. Uh, you won't see King Daru playing uh, today. Uh, those are the two uh, the two major injuries. Cam Craig is out at left guard. Jeff Brom announced that the other day. Uh, Spencer Holstedge will, will will start, but the offensive line still um, should rotate nine guys. Uh, they, they played 10 uh, uh, last week. And, I mean, I wish I, I wish I had a research assistant or uh, the ability to punch in a computer and say, all right, name me the last time Purdue played 10 offensive linemen in a Big Ten game that ended up with a four-point four margin. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, but that's what they did, and it, it, it just—it seems like both sides of the ball really—they've made a strong commitment to playing a lot of players. And you know, in part, you can—you know—Purdue is going to be able to do that this year, in part because and we discussed this before. On the offensive line, there's really no star. There's no one guy that you have to have in the game the whole time you know they're all they're all kind of equal in the talent ability um, and when that group plays together I think you saw what happened last week they're able to, to generate enough uh, holes in the running game to give Xander Horvath uh, an opportunity to succeed and not that Xander needs big lanes I mean he Again, I'd like to have my research assistant go back <laughs> how many times multiple people tackled Horvath. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm sure it happened, but it, uh, it didn't happen a lot where he was just brought down by one guy. Uh, guy's so strong, and he is, he's got great athletic ability, uh, evident by that when he jumped over the, the defender. Uh, but... You know the offensive line just that they don't have that star. They don't have that one guy you got to have on the field every every down. Therefore, you can rotate guys in, and the drop off is not as great. Defensive line, you do have a couple uh, that I would consider guys that need to be on the field all the time. And obviously, one of those is George Karloftis. But even even George got a break last week. There were a couple third downs he was he was not in there. And I you know I think the commitment has been made that. While you might give up a 
a third down play in the second quarter, making sure your guys are fresh for late in the third quarter and fourth quarter uh, is more important. I think we saw that last week. Lorenzo Neal played, I think, around 35 snaps. Um, and you got to remember, in 2018, he was playing 60 to 70 snaps. And he just was not as effective uh, as um, as he was earlier in, earlier in games. Now he plays 30 to 35 snaps. I, I'm sure that it will increase as the season goes on a little bit, uh, where you know he gets in the 40 range. But if you're getting good production out of the the guys that are coming in and playing, uh, that's you know, that's what you want. And they played eight guys on the defensive line. So between the offense and defensive lines, they played a combined 18 players in a game that went down to the wire. This wasn't a, a non-conference game against a hyphenated school where you were able to get Richard freshman in there and at the end. I mean, the, every snap was an important snap in that game. And, you, and Purdue played 18 players. Uh on the offensive and defensive line. And that, again, I would love to to know the last time that happened with a Purdue football team. Um, and, I, and I don't think I'll ever know. <laughs> I'd have to... <laughs> I'd really have to get out the shovel and dig. And I, I, don't, I don't... First of all, I don't have time to do that. I need someone just to tell me that. So if you know the answer, feel free to contact me. So again, a lot of... I think there were a lot of good things that came out of last week's game, but now you, you need to apply and take a step forward in this game. Now, Illinois didn't look good against Wisconsin, but Wisconsin makes a lot of teams look bad. Purdue has Purdue knows all about that. Uh, it's happened numerous times uh, over the last uh, 20 years. So, uh, you really, it's really hard to take a, a lot out of that game from an Illinois standpoint to say, well, are, are they you know, where are they at? Are, are they that bad? Uh, or did it just was constant that good? You know, but you, you do have to think, based on what happened last week, that Purdue should be able to take advantage uh, in the passing game. You know, Illinois gave up five touching touchdown passes. Uh, this is Purdue's strength. This is what they do. They have uh, the best receiver in the Big Ten and David Bell. Uh, he's... He's on his way to being one of the best receivers in the country. Um, and, you know, Purdue should be able to take advantage of that. Um, so curious how how Illinois will play that. Because Iowa, for the most part, and I think um, I did see a stat that Iowa was in zone uh, every about every play last week. So does, does Illinois want to man up a little bit or at least double cover Bell? Uh, and that's where guys like Milton Wright can come in and and relieve some of that uh, congestion. Uh, Payne Durham uh, can can help from the tight end spot. And you've got other receivers like Ahmad Anderson uh, and some other guys that can that can um, that can help you do that. Uh, not you know I, and I, you know, I think one of the the keys last week was uh, you know as Iowa was set, sitting back in the zone. And they were playing deep. You know, Brian Brom, who was calling the plays, just leaned on the running game to get him into the red zone. And then, you know, Aiden O'Connell and David Bell took over after that. Um, 
So uh, now you you know Jeff Brom's going to be back calling the plays, uh, and you know they're different. You know Brian and Jeff are different when it comes to uh, play calling and stuff. So uh, not that much different, but still uh, there's going to be a little bit of difference. Uh, Jeff Jeff some in the past and uh, in his three years here, sometimes he's he's uh, he's leaned a little bit too pass heavy when when he should have gone with the run a little bit more. So curious how that all works out uh, today. You know, it's a game Purdue should win, uh, but again, it's it, I think it's gonna be a close game. Uh, I, I don't think I don't know if Purdue's in a position right now to to really uh, you know blow anybody out unless there's just a, a mess of turnovers uh, that that puts them in a position. Uh, you know, and Illinois stomped Purdue pretty good last last year at Ross in the rain. Uh, 24 to six, uh, but uh, Illinois has lost a lot of its weapons. Hey, the the offensive line of Illinois is, is its strength. Uh, it's it's a good, solid, veteran group. Uh, it's going to be hard for Purdue to get some pressure, and you're dealing with a mobile quarterback in Brandon Peters, who had 75 yards rushing uh, last week in the loss to Wisconsin. And Purdue only had one sack last week, had two tackles for loss. Um, I think as time goes on, we need. Yeah, I think Purdue needs to see those numbers uh, improve, uh, improve to a point where you're getting you're getting good pressure on the quarterback, and uh, you know you're disrupting some things. Uh, you know, I think over time, uh, as more players get involved, more players get experience. You know, I think that will, I think that will take place, but. Um, I think the score I predicted uh, in the paper was Purdue 32, uh, Illinois 27. Uh, again, I think it'll be a close game. I think, you know, Illinois' offense is going to show a lot more um, today than it did last week. Uh, but, I, you know, I do, I do think Purdue uh, can put up some points uh, through the air, and, and that should uh, operate or should open up the uh, – uh, the running game a little bit more for for, for Horvath, uh, but an important game for Purdue. You know, in an eight-game regular season, you know they all take on extra meaning, all that kind of stuff. But if Purdue can get to two and zero, oh, and then you just then they have to sit back and wait and see about that Wisconsin game uh, next week, and then uh, you know kind of go from there. But again, uh, you're likely not going to see Rondell Moore. Uh, you not going to see King Daru, uh, and you're probably not going to see Malik Carr. Uh, not sure the reason why, uh, but I believe he'll be out uh, for today. He made a catch last week, uh, got 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 to play uh, in some uh, close situations. The game was still undecided, uh, but I don't believe he's he'll be uh, using an NFL term active today. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we appreciate you stopping by, uh, get a little, get a little pregame taste, uh, before the Boilermakers take on Illinois. And obviously we'll be back uh, on the ride home, uh, from Champaign to, to break it down and discuss what, what it means, uh, going into, uh, to, to next week and recap all the highlights and the lowlights, you know, we'll be there, uh, from, uh, from Saturday's game. Well, 
again appreciate you stopping by and uh, have a good day